To serve great food is to create memories for your customers. But it takes more than luck. It takes consistency, creativity, and the drive to see things through. And every day, the stakes are high, which means it's time to stand up from your computer and start getting real. To own your kitchen is to own your bottom line. This is the real world. And now... This is the real world. And now... This is the real world. And now is the time to foodify your business. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to F Your Business Podcast. Uh, in the kitchen with Chef Chris. Chris, what do you have going on over there? That sound you hear is the sound of fresh breakfast sandwiches being made. That's the sausage sizzling right now. We'll be doing the eggs soon. We already toasted the muffins, so we are ready to go. So sausage patties look pretty good. So Chris, what's it sound like when our frozen egg sandwich is being made? Oh, let me show you. Here, listen up. That's the box opening. I'm gonna fight with this little plastic bag over here. Give me a minute. It's packed pretty secure in there. It's really sure uh, cryovac. Sure is. I think I need a knife or something to get it out. Let's see. I'll fight with this for a little while. I probably could have made three sandwiches already. Oh, this is really good plastic. <laughs> All right, it's almost out of the package. All right, so here we go. This is what it sounds like when you're cooking a frozen breakfast sandwich. Ready? Listen. Huh. Does sound pretty nice. Yeah, that's usually what it sounds like, right? Let's see. There we go. So while that's cooking, you know, you could do some things like, you know, you could check your emails. You could, I don't know, catch the news. If, if you, you know, want to go to the gym and get a workout in. There's just a, quite a few things you well, could do. It's gonna be ready for you in a few minutes, Chris. I can fit all that in today. I, I, listen, I think if I have to cook these in the restaurant, I could get all that done. <laughs> because it takes, how long it took me to open the plastic? Wait, listen for it. Get, I, there you go. I think, it, I think it's time for the frost part's done. Now you can actually eat So now it's the frosted, now we actually have to cook it. Right. Again in the microwave. So that's, you know, the beginning of cooking a frozen breakfast sandwich. Yo, that's the sound of fresh eggs being cooked, not microwave. Sounds a little different than the struggle you had earlier with the, the frozen one. Oh, uh, it's a big difference. These eggs are not fighting me at all. Not like that frozen plastic bag I had the issue with. A little salt and pepper. So, so overall, pretty easy, right? It looks like looks like the fresh one is actually easier so far than the frozen one. You couldn't really see the frozen one, but we were kind of in the microwave, out of the microwave, taking parts of it off to make sure that it was all cooked through, right? Wrapping sausage. It, wrapping it in paper towel. I'm wrapping it, wrapping it. It was, you know. For some reason, the egg was cooking slower than the sausage in the microwave, for whatever reason. Chris, a little hard to explain that one. Well, you would think the egg would cook the fastest, but a frozen egg, I guess, takes longer. I'm not sure, but it, it took a good five minutes to cook one sandwich. Yeah, we tried cooking two at once, and that didn't really work out for us. That didn't work. That didn't work at all. But here we go, we got, we got nine, what we got, eight eggs going at one time. Take about three minutes to cook these. And we'll be moving on. 
Then we'll start forming our sandwich, right? So we got start our start forming the sandwich. I know you did a little research on the prefix sandwich, Scott. What, what did we find out? Well, we figured the same thing. We want to give everyone a little history of, of what we're looking at. So, rumor has it, started in East London around 19th century and was sold to factory workers. Uh, basically a fried egg, some sort of meat, sometimes cheese, uh, is on a roll called a bat. And bat. A bat, that was called, that was a roll. I don't think they had a Amorosa back then. What is a bat? Uh, is an awesome question. Uh, kind of like a, I guess somewhat sort of like a Kaiser roll. But, you know, basically it was convenient, filling, and able to go work all day. So it kind of traveled to the U.S. during the Industrial Revolution. You know, really as convenience started becoming more of a craving in the 50s is when we saw it kind of picking up. But really, uh, McDonald's kind of put it on the map. Of course, with their famous... Right, Egg McMuffin, Egg 1970s. One of the franchise owners, Herb Peterson, brought over Ray Kroc, a new idea for the menu. And, you know, by the early 1970s, the Egg McMuffin was born. McDonald's buys about 2 billion eggs a year. And at one point, they were pretty much buying 5% of what U.S. produced an egg. So a ton. Um, but the creation of the Egg McMuffin really kind of came from Egg Benedict, actually. You know, kind of the theory of an Egg Benedict, but on a sandwich that you could grab and go. So, and they actually used a Tefla ring to cook the eggs on the hamburger burger. So, not too far off, Chris, right? What we're doing here. And what we're doing right now. Along the same lines of what we're doing. I mean, I don't think there's, you know, been a Bennett, another way to do this. This is pretty much the way it's been. Right, you got a little ring, you're using a cook. So I think that's, you know, the other thing is we're talking about, you know, the skill, you know, what skill each restaurant has, you know, from a, a line cook standpoint. You know, once someone was taught how to do this, what would you say, Chris, pretty, pretty simple. Uh, this is very easy. Anybody be taught to do it. I don't even think you have to teach somebody. They could just look and figure this out. I mean, there's not much to it. Well, that I think you'd be surprised on that part, but I, I agree. I think once you, <laughs> once you, you know, prepped it, got it going, um, this part was pretty simple. And again, I think as we look at the overall time it's taking, it's really not taking any longer. If maybe shorter time than cooking the frozen one. It's definitely quicker. I mean, we're making eight sandwiches at once. It took us about 40 minutes to get these things unwrapped, wrapped in paper towels, put into the microwave, take that out of the microwave, flip it over, take the sausage off, and then put it back in, then take it out, and then just put the egg back in because they don't cook evenly. This, this is what you get here. You're going to make eight sandwiches at one time. And we're going to do this in about seven minutes. That's awesome. I think once we get into the taste test later, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll get some results of what everybody's talking about, what they feel about it, what it looks like, um, appearance-wise to flavor, and I think then we'll get the real results. We'll get into you know later to the cost side of it. I'm going to make a prediction. <laughs> the fresh egg sandwich pitches a shutout today. Well, Chef Chris, you, you heard it here. Chef Chris make a prediction that every person who has it is going to pick the fresh one or the frozen. Now, especially we, we've never had that yet. Right? We've never had that in our first three contests. There's never been a shutout. Until today. All right. Uh, we'll see. This episode is sponsored by The Largo Group. All right. We're back around the table. So Chris was correct in his prediction on our test on fresh versus frozen egg sandwiches. So tell us a little bit more about you know our findings and where we're at now. Oh, 
First, we have to say that the fresh tip pitcher shot out, <laughs> as predicted. Not, close. <laughs> Not even close. You have a fresh fried egg and a fresh sausage patty and toasted English muffins, opposed to something I meant to a microwave that was hard to microwave. Everything didn't cook at the same time. It took about 40 minutes to cook six of them. It, it was a challenge. Uh, get, getting it out of the wrapper was like <laughs> It was a struggle. That was a struggle. <laughs> Uh, you know, everyone that tasted right away knew which one was which. Uh, thought the challenges were harder, as you know, we knew they would be, but we just knew this one was going to be much easier. Yeah, and I have to say, you know, embarrassingly, I don't think I've ever had a fresh breakfast sausage before. I know, <laughs> such a fine taste. Um, so it was amazing the taste difference. It was just so yeah. immediate. Once you took a bite, you knew exactly which one. Yeah, it was a difference when you have, you know, a professional, a butcher that's preparing it for you. And and we got our meat from Junkers at the Reading Terminal in Philly. He prepared it yesterday. All we had to do was pick it up. And if you're a restaurant, that's how easy it is. Uh, your local butcher is making fresh, uh, you know, perfect sausage. What you got to do is place an order, and I'm sure it'll give you a wholesale price. Well, yeah, and I think when you think about the breakfast sausage, you know, whether it's on a sandwich or if you're just getting like eggs and, you know, sausage, you know, there is a difference. And I think so many times you just see that same round, <laughs> flat <laughs> patty and you just sort of as a consumer, you're like, oh, it's just sausage. Right. But right. but today I realize that is that it's not sausage. <laughs> There's a whole new world out there. I'm not really sure what it is. <laughs> I think also just looking at it from like a visual standpoint, going back to our first episode with the burger and how you said like the proportion from the bun to the burger should be equal. Like it's more pleasing to the consumer's eyes. And when looking at the frozen one, they were smaller. So if you take a look at the pictures that we post with this episode, you'll see the difference not only in size, but on that fresh sandwich, you can literally see the sausage, the egg, the cheese. Whereas on the frozen, it's like smushed together. You can't see what's in it. It's a surprise. Yeah, the sausage is half the size of the, uh, of the egg patty. Yeah. It's yeah, a big difference. And that's that's important. Uh, proportion, you know, meat to, to bread is what makes a sandwich. Yeah, and it was, I think what you guys were saying in the prep was just, you know, if you think about it from a time standpoint that you're really locked in to only being able to provide, you know, what, one or two sandwiches every five minutes if you go with the yeah. frozen. Yeah. So I was cooking eight eggs at a time and we're not in a restaurant. You know, we're in our office. We have a little griddle that we plug in <laughs> and you know we, we cooked the sausage on there first it took all of maybe about six to seven minutes to, to cook 20 patties uh and then we did 18 eggs inside of you know another six to seven minutes and we toasted the english muffins right on the griddle for about three minutes so in under 20 minutes you make 20 sandwiches right. where we only were able to microwave six in like 40 minutes yeah. So I, you know, I think when people are steering away from fresh, what do you think some of their reservation is? I, I think it still always goes back to I think it's cheaper, and I think it's easier just to do, you know, a frozen product, where it's really not, it, it, and it's not cheaper. Uh, Scott has the, the food calls breakdown, uh, but it's it's definitely it's less labor intensive, and it's cheaper, and it, the product is just so much better. 
I think we saw that earlier that it wasn't hard to do what you were doing, right? You're cracking an egg, you can even portion them out. Poor man, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. You can even make it, instead of doing fried eggs, you're doing scrambled eggs. You could have all that batch portion, right? It wouldn't be hard. Baked eggs. Right, cut so, them out. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. It's, you know, it's, you're not locked into just frying any. No, so the prep was no, was no harder. And then, like Chris said, when we get to the price, I mean, that's what we've been trying to kind of look at is, the overall, and that, that frozen egg sandwich was, you know, $1.25 each. It's not a terrible price, especially the markup for these, some of these places are probably going to use on it. Um, I think that's what we were talking about earlier is everybody's so used to walking into, whether it's a corporate little bit, you know, whatever it is, coffee shop, you get your egg sandwich. And if you order three of them, they're backed up. Or the fresh one, like Chris was saying, he could pop out eight instantly. But when we broke down the prices for the fresh one, I mean, we started our English muffin, you know, 42 cents, um, a slice of cheese, seven cents, an egg, even everybody else, eggs are so high, <laughs> even at 13 cents, you add the sausage that we priced out to be 31 cents, it's still at 93 cents. So it's still a, a much cheaper product for a lot better. I mean, that's what we saw today, right? A lot better product and it's a lot cheaper. And, and let's be honest, if you were going to eat the frozen one, not, not that I, I would, because they're really not good. But you would need two of them to fill you to the size of the one fresh. Yeah. I mean, it was just a size difference. And the quality, because I do think that fresh was just more filling. Like, it, it, was, it yeah. was just so good. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was way better. I mean, I think this was the first. I mean, the other ones, we, we had our contest, and we went through, you know, some people picked one size, people the other one. And I think this one was completely eye-opening to... It really wasn't a competition. Wasn't a I mean, competition. there wasn't. And we knew that with the past ones, it would be close because some people are just used to those frozen products. They've been getting them for so long. Uh, but let's keep in mind that fresh, they win every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> in cost and in taste. Yeah. So it, it did win every time, uh, even though, you know, there was one that was kind of close, but we knew the cheesesteak one would be. We knew going into this that the frozen didn't stand the chance. You're trying to heat too many elements at one time that all heat at different times so it's not going to make a product and the frozen one was what it was I and mean, we have a couple people in the office that don't eat cheese or don't eat meat for the sausage so if that's what you bring in you're you're eliminating a percentage of your customers or you know that won't have that where the fresh one we were able to make it with no cheese we were able to make it with no sausage and it's still a great product I and mean, that's not even talking about if we wanted to do bacon and do a Canadian bacon. You know, you could have five different versions of this one sandwich where the frozen one doesn't allow you to have that. You have one version, right. crappy that's version, it. that's it. That's it. Right? That's what you get. Yeah. So if you were someone who, you know, switching a little bit was going to add breakfast, I think that's also something that a lot of people talk about as a way to grow sales, you know, adding breakfast. You know, I think one thing to think about is the fresh would be more unique, right? Like if you're going to add breakfast, adding same sausage patty that everybody gets everybody else probably isn't really gonna move the needle yeah. my thing always is if you're gonna do it do it right don't and and don't do what everyone else is doing just because they're doing it doesn't mean it's right yeah. do it the right way you know get the right product you use the fresh and and you'll definitely see you'll see that by doing it right your top line sales will grow and at the same time you know, so will your bottom line but uh, in order to get them top top line sales in, you have to do it right. Give them something that you'd be proud to serve, something you'd serve to your family, something that you want people to come in and say, you know, hey, I go to John's uh, for sandwiches every morning for breakfast, 
and they have the best. That's what you want. And I would say also, just going back to the price difference, I would say like even if you did want to serve an egg sandwich, you have that little bit of wiggle room to make your own type of like pepper jam or a jelly, just something that you can utilize to spice up that sandwich and make it different from, you know, your standard egg and cheese or sausage egg and cheese. Well, like we talk about in every episode, and I, I believe you have to have fun with your menu. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you know, be, be bland. Have fun with it. Something that's unique to you. You know, I always say you should do something no one else is doing. That's going to bring people to you. Yeah. And even the fresh, because, you know, yeah, you could go to, you know, five chains and they're all going to have the same thing that yes. we just ate. Right? They, they all, it's literally the same. Yeah. But if you have a fresh one, especially the fresh egg, right. I think mm-hmm. as a consumer, it's like, oh, it's actually egg. <laughs> right. It's not just yellow something. <laughs> it's really egg. Yes. Yes, that, that changes everything. And again, you're serving a product you're proud of. I mean, for me, that's important. If I'm going to serve something, I want to be proud of what I'm serving and not think like, man, I just served that guy a hockey puck. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be proud of it. I, I want to know it's the same thing I would feed my kids, my wife, my mom, and not, uh, you know, make something different for you. But my family comes in and they get this. And unless you're in a spot that you're the only place in town, you have competition. And I think that's where... And unless there's no other options to go, that, that you want them to come back to you because you have a great product, not because that's it. Right. So I think as we were talking about, as all these other places are serving that same little breakfast sandwich, whatever, made how they are with whatever eggs they put on it. You know, now you're putting on this great breakfast sandwich for less price and better product. Anyway. I mean, and, and that's what's important. You know, at the end of the day, they're going to remember you and they're going to come back. I would also like to point out too, if you want to stay competitive and you know still expand your consumer base, if you don't already have brunch as an option in your establishment, introducing that, just testing it out on like a Sunday, because I know like especially in the summertime, brunch is like everybody's favorite thing to do on the weekend. You know, you wake up, you go get brunch with your girlfriends, and you order a basket of beignets, which I'm sure have another great profit margin there. And then you have a mimosa tower, you know, <laughs> you just create a really good guest experience. And I think that if you wanted to test out brunch, this is a great time to do it now that we're in the summertime. Uh, and there's a reason why a lot of places do brunch because the margins are great. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. such a great markup on brunch. It's basically, you know, you can make 50 different items from an eight. And, and that's basically what it's based around. And the margins are, are fantastic. That's going to, you know, again, drive top line sales and bottom line. Yeah. And I think it's not being afraid of it. I think sometimes I've heard a lot of people, you know, so hesitant to add either a breakfast or a brunch because it's, you know, not really what we do. Or, you know, maybe we're known for dinner. And so if you're adding brunch. But I think it's, you know, the one thing that you can do as an independent that the chains can't is be creative. And I think, you know, trying it out, whether it's, hey, we're going to run brunch for July, right? Let your customer know that this is, you know, something new, something different. You know, I think they appreciate you being creative and aren't always looking for it to be perfect. No, I, I agree. And you don't have to lock yourself into it. It, it. it could just be, you know, a summer thing, a holiday thing. It doesn't have to be. If you're already a place that you're busy on Sunday, but around the holidays, you, you know, you kind of tail off. Well, then do it. I mean, same thing with the summer. You know, summer's a lot of places, depending on where you're at. If you're at shore points, you're great. But if you're not, then you you want to drive people in. 
Wolf of Front Store in that time. I think as the independents too, you know, kind of look at what the industry's doing. I mean, look at the, you know, I'm trying to compare you to fast food chains, but look what they're doing. They're all doing breakfast now. They're not doing it for charity, right? They're not doing it <laughs> because it's fun. They're doing it because there's money to be made there and there was a whole part of the business that they weren't attacking. So I think as we get into uh, you know, those or even the, you know, the corporate chain coffee shops, look at the items they're adding. They're adding breakfast items. So there's a need for it. You don't have to do your own market research. It's already out there. It's a matter of like, and how do you do your version of it? But, you know, sometimes you just need to follow the lead of what everybody else is doing in that part and then turn into your own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's there. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. There's absolutely a reason why everyone, every fast food chain is going to breakfast. Yeah. Because uh, the margins are great and there's a real need for it. So I, I would definitely say if you're going to do it, do it right, do it fresh and do something unique. Well, and I, I wasn't going to go there, but Scott went there. I mean, the one thing that goes great with a breakfast sandwich is coffee, yep. right? And if you think about the margin of coffee, you know, I would also say that's another part where you could be creative because so many times it's like, oh, sure, we have coffee. But if you look at the people who've elevated coffee, the iced coffees, or say the summer, you know, now all of a sudden you could have a 10 plus dollar item, you know, or ticket going out the door. You know, a few of those every day, it really does add to your top line. Definitely changes everything. And today, it's huge. The coffee world has expanded. And again, like you said, you could get $10 for an iced coffee with a shot of vanilla in it. <laughs> right. You know, why not? You know, yeah. your average ticket just, you know, went from maybe 4 or $5 to over 10 Yeah. So I definitely think it's, you know, an avenue. If I was in business, I would explore. Yeah. Well, so what's next for our next episode? Uh, we're coming up on, on the uh, 4th of July. So we're going to do something around hot dogs. And, you know, we'll just leave that out there. <laughs> but it, it's going to be not just your, your regular old girl hot dog. Awesome. Well, I think this is really exciting. So I would say everyone listening to to remember to check out our website because we've posted you know, Chris's recipes. We have some more details about each episode that we've had so far. So, you know, we really encourage you to check out our FYourBusinessMovement.com. This podcast is sponsored by The Largo Group. Thanks for joining us this week on F Your Business Podcast. Whether you're a restaurant owner, chef, brewery owner, or bartender, we believe everyone in the hospitality industry deserves access to the knowledge and tools they need to succeed. Be sure to visit our website, fyourbusinessmovement.com, to subscribe to the podcast and stay up to date on current offerings.